Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We are telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. And that is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, setting us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Uh, it's a sad, terrible world we live in, and it feels like this cast took a turn for, for sadness. We had uh, James... Oh, we already started. Whoopsie. Uh, oh, no, we're... Oh, no. <laughs> Well, on the last episode, we had uh, James on, and who's the uh, president of the LGD, LGTBQ uh, Center in Great Falls. And so we made a point to not be political, because that's not really his realm. He's not a political person. And we wanted uh-huh. to um, talk about the center and the things they're doing, basically. And so there's a bottleneck of pent-up political angst that we have on this cast. And since we've been recording, welcome with to Montana Voices podcast. We are joined with, uh, once again, Miss Squeaky Von Snuggle. Hello. Squeaky, and of course, we will link to all of her stuff in the description of all this, so you can find her on, uh, you're on just about every platform, I believe, right? Oh, most of them. I, I think I probably am most active on Instagram. Yep, I follow you on Instagram. There's also a Patreon with exclusive content, which is something that this cast should be setting up, honestly, but we're schlebs and never got around to it yeah but money is good um i contribute personally to your patreon so um exciting to get the bleeding edge content that nobody else does that's right the bleeding edge Uh, and of course facebook and art commissions uh you well let's uh dive right into our news here i'll interrupt at some point and have bryce do the intro of our email gmail and all all the different platforms we on are on, but I guess we're going to dive right into the municipal election results um, because there were some other things in the ballot, not just the city commissioners, which few people care about. Um, looking at like the Great Falls votes, um, I think the top candidate only got seven thousand votes, and Great Falls has about fifty thousand people, I think. So it's obvious that not a whole lot of people cared about the municipal election, even though it was all mail in. So the effort required to uh, vote in that election was almost none. You, you, you didn't even need a stamp. You just filled it out. It came in the mail if you were a registered voter. It was very true. Very true. I'm not going to blame anybody for being too burned out to be paying attention to much of the political things right now. Which is, you know, difficult. Uh, you know, if you want to get things to change, kind of got to go through the, the painful act of paying attention to what's going on once in a while. Right, and Great uh, Falls... In no actually, pressure. None at all. None at all with your votes. But <laughs> Great Falls, and including my municipality as well, uh, with the the ballot, it was all not, I don't want to say politically, not partyized. So if you looked at your ballot in Great Falls and, and myself in Missoula, there was no Democrat or Republican listed against people's names. It was just basically a list of names in alphabetical order. So... Uh, that I fully approve of, um, but other outlets uh, didn't, like your local opinion rag over there, tried to figure out who was Democrats and who was Republicans, even though this is a municipal election and, and it's 
unless you're obviously a Republican or Democrat, it's sort of hard to, to sniff out on the local level, I think. But they, they tried. And I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that their sweethearts uh, didn't win. But other things that were on those municipal ballots are weed. Uh, this is still a source of contention, I guess, because Missoula had a weed tax on the ballot, as did Billings. Uh, there was no weed tax on the uh, Cascade County ballot. It was telling. I'm surprised that Missoula voted to tax recreational weed. That really took me by surprise. Who do they think pays these taxes? <laughs> hey, guess what, guys? It's you. Oh. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, well, our bad, but just like in the actual midterm elections, one of the things that was on the ballot for Missoula was a fuel tax, and it was advertised as a oh, way for Missoula, and that has since been... Uh, Apparently, Missoula County does not have the authority to tax fuel independently of the state, which we found. So that got nixed. So, but... Sounds good. (laughs) Missoula still voted for it. Um, And it was pitched as like, well, we're going to get these revenue dollars from, since we don't have a sales tax or a tourism tax or resort tax, we're going to get these tourism dollars from the out-of-staters that are coming to visit, uh, you know, our fine town here in Missoula. And... I don't know if it didn't click. I was like, yes, tourists will pay. It was like three cents per gallon. So not a huge amount. Gas is already more expensive in Missoula than it is in most anywhere in the state for some reason. But maybe it's the oil companies trying to to punish those progressives over here. That's got to be it. (laughs) All I know is that Billings apparently would like to keep any kind of weed sales outside of the city limits, but they want to charge them a city tax. For their medical weed, um, it, yeah, including medical. Billings was the uh, only one that went for the medical weed tax, which is isn't. I thought uh, medicinal marijuana was already twenty percent just on ta- top. I thought, um, so they want a tax on top of that. I, I personally don't really feel. I mean, I'm not sure if there's anywhere where, rather than just a sales tax, if there's an extra t- tax on top of any particular medication. Because it seems to me that it's almost less of a tax, uh, you know, less of a syntax and more of a, more of a tax on your decision to use an alternative treatment. Right. And that's a little, you know, yeah, I could look at it that way. Oh, I think you're, you're absolutely right on that front. I mean, it's sort of a, I'd almost call it a syntax. In this case is the sin of not using their approved uh, grifters, which, oh. you know, the Pfizer's, the Johnson & Johnson's, yep. and all the, all the big pharmaceutical companies. I can't even name the rest of them, but there's there's some of them. Very convenient for, for those types of uh, operations, I'm sure. Right, who are currently... And I'm, it seemed like a giant opportunity, because I remember a few years ago when we were super... Maybe it was the last time we had you on the cast, we were talking about vaping, and we were worried that... Oh, yeah the restrictions that we had in place would stop all the small-time vape shops and would leave the door for Philip Morris and et cetera to develop their own and push exclusively their own products. Um, so we were super concerned with that. And now Philip Morris is not a pharmaceutical company, obviously, but it's also interesting that as far as I know, no major pharmaceutical company has even dabbled in medicinal marijuana. Kind of surprised. Uh, I remember hearing years ago that Philip Morris was supposedly very interested in making sure that they were going to be in on the game if federal legalization. 
was legalization one of those day one Biden promises? I can't remember. There were so many of them. Uh, yeah, they were. They were. Uh, student loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> All and, those cool things that we were promised or, you know, led to believe that he might. People are super weird about whom they vote for and, and whom they don't vote for, which is exactly sort of why we made a podcast to avoid that. And so every ballot that's been out, we have gone through the ballot I line item by line item. So done that repeatedly. So, you know, for full transparency, um, we aren't going to claim to be completely unbiased, but we will be very forthcoming in telling you what that bias is and letting our listeners decide for themselves. So in my case, it was, uh, of course, he wasn't on the ballot either time. Bernie. Yeah, I think uh, there are a lot of people with a bit of a sore spot. But, you know, I definitely kind of middle of the road some things. I can see I can see both sides of things a lot of the time, but I do lean more uh, liberal socially. I think a lot of people are. But, yeah, I can understand sometimes it's difficult to work within the bureaucratic process. I think there's a lot of fine-tuning that could be done policy-wise regardless of which direction you're coming from. Right, like uh, not taxing people's medicine on top of all the taxes that are already on it. Uh, back to the yeah. subject that we started yeah. with. <laughs> but Exactly, yes. Yeah. So it does feel a little bit predatory. I think the government is in place to kind of lighten the burden on people's backs, especially those who, you know, maybe aren't billionaires and whatnot. Maybe those are... One one might think, and I argued on a previous cast that we need to bring back the guy behind M and H. Illegal weed is uh, becoming less and less of a <laughs> yeah. thing. I, I don't even. Well, granted, I've probably haven't bought weed since I was in high school, but I, I don't even know where to get weed nowadays. So the, it was Pablo behind the M and H, or some guy I knew from my gym class. Oh, yeah, put that little guy I read out of business. Yeah, indeed. But, yeah. That's sort of what they've done, and, and it's affected the drug trade. Um, you, you remember the uh, post-9-11 ads where they thought that your you know, eighth of weed was going to fund terrorists? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, and they tried to equate a joint to, you might as well be holding the rifle. Nah, haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> yeah, dating uh, ourselves there as well. But <laughs> um, I feel you're you're right on the, the marijuana taxes. I, th- Medicinal marijuana, I think, uh, should not be taxed at all. Definitely not a sales tax and certainly not a sin tax. I mean, the argument could be made for recreational marijuana. That's, I think it's sort of the thing we have to stroke to sort of get this in the public eye when we look at the funds that you know Washington and Colorado are getting from recreational marijuana. And that's sort of how we floated the idea that to the people that aren't for weed at all, um, but still tried to do it that way um or convince them that way so they're really trying to tote that i mean you you could make that argument that we need some sort of recreational marijuana tax um i probably wouldn't be for it it's a lot easier yeah it's a lot easier other things that were on that uh speaking of weed missoula we're gonna limit growers energy consumption to 34 watts per square foot that doesn't seem like it's a lot, but I'm I'm not sure. And I was looking for for comments on this, and from every pro marijuana group I can see, it sounds like that they are. It almost seems like they're in favor of taxes, and also they're in favor of further regulation, which I almost couldn't make sense of. So I don't know if right. no, if they just feel like they're on the fringe and kind of have to you know, fall in line if they want people's support, or these are actually good ideas that they think are, are great. Uh, but I, I can't make sense of that. 
Uh, yeah, but not too terribly certain myself. Um, you know, I mean, as, as a person who doesn't make a lot of money, the less taxes I have to pay, the more I'm happy about it. I also understand, I understand the necessity of taxes, but... Uh, who will build the roads, yeah. Squeak? Who will? Yes. Well, well somebody's gotta. Somebody's gotta. <laughs> the argument you, you always hear. But 34 watts a square foot, that that isn't a lot. Like a... No, I, it sounds like it. Yeah, tricky. So... For... A 10 by 10 garage studio that I'm in right now, that's 100 feet, so that's 340 watts. I, I just have a single laptop and mixer here, so luckily I'm under that limit, but um, if I decided I wanted a space heater, no way. Right. Um, and yeah, hydroponics, I'm thinking out. most of what I've seen, you're, you're run, not only are you running, you're running it all the time, from what I understand, uh, you're going to be using a little bit of energy to be difficult. For a smaller operation, especially like personally, I'm a simple woman. If I were to be doing that, I, I would have no idea how much I was using or not. I would really research and find that out. I don't know. To me, it just sounds like, well, you go ahead and you grow some plants and you set some timers and you get some lights. And I don't know. Well, I, I think for tradi- old weed has changed a lot, um, as far as I understand, since since we were kids. <laughs> But or I'm, yes. I'm, I'm told it was very different. And the very specific and highly bred plants that we have now f- that fulfill specific needs, one for high HTHC content or there's a whole science to this that I don't understand. I'm no botanist or weedologist, but you can crossfeed plants, obviously, to get whatever effect you have. I understand some weed makes you gives you energy and some of it is more of a chilling, relaxing effect from what I understand. Um Oh, so, yeah. so those highly specific plants uh, require a highly specific mix to grow, and that's where you get into stuff like hydroponics, where you're actually enriching water, and then you're pumping it, and then, of course, you're heating the water to the right temperature, and there's lighting that you're working with. And so uh, how they came up with 34 watts and how they think that you can be under that is pretty incredible. Um, I think an average bedroom with incandescent lights would exceed that. I, I, I'm sure I'm using a lot of energy in this room right now, just between the lights, my computer. Uh, I know that there's some there's some breeds that require you, you kind of stress them out a little bit more as a plant to get the results that you want. I know that there's different conditions for a lot of them that you would have. You know, there would be some variation depending on what it was you wanted to grow. So I, I definitely think you got a good point there. But, of course, on these topics, uh, maybe an idea for a future episode. We get somebody that knows what they're talking about when it comes to growing weed. Right. (laughs) Neither of us, unfortunately. (laughs) Even though Montana, currently under the the Montana law we passed um, in the general election, um, you can have two plants per person. um, You can grow two, or is it three? I forget. It's two or three. Better hope you're really successful in that you're, I mean, if you want to actually have just for yourself to be able to, you know, uh, treat yourself regularly. You better hope those two plants do great. <laughs> so, it, are are you telling me that's uh, not feasible to uh, treat yourself with, you know, two plants? Uh, it would all it would all depend. I suppose it would depend on your consumption too. But like, you know, if uh, let's say your plants get bugs, you're not doing it. Right. Then you might have two plants that yield you very little usable. Well, I would say that I've I've seen some I've I've seen some unfortunate situations with certain uh, 
certain farming projects. Well, there's certainly you a know, lot I that think, could go I wrong. I think we've all known someone in high school who tried to grow, their, grow, them, grow themselves a little love. I've, you know, with that sad little plant. <laughs> so, I've never seen it work out for anybody, actually. God forbid grandma find out. I've I've never seen it work what out. What that is, or else everybody's going to have a really bad, <laughs> really bad time. But <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've seen kids get in trouble for things that I'm like, "Will do anything anyway." This is sad. This is so, so much, so, so much sad. punishment for so little to be gained. <laughs> <laughs> and I also understand there's a difference between the male and the female plants. I guess you only want the the females. Like I said, right. I'm no botanist. So you got to weed out the males, or else you'll get. You get seeds and all this stuff based on what I've heard. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. If you, uh, all right, you don't want germinated ones unless you want more seeds. Um, yeah, I, I had noticed because I had thought and no one wants any seeds <laughs> on a on a short day or slash lunch hike. I was up at the Missoula's Peace Hill, which is uh, if you haven't, there's a peace sign. It's a opposite of the L, um, sort of right off. And there's yes, a, ah, yes. Yes, and the, I saw some weed plants. I was like, well, that's weird, just out here growing in the wild. You know, nature finds a way, I guess. Oh, or, yes. I'm not sure if it was intentionally planted or enough people tossed their, were smoking and tossed out their seeds or stems or whatever. And People go and smoke at the same spot enough. You never know. You might just find some seeds there oh. growing into plants. Well, I definitely found a... And it looks like they're spreading like weeds. There's quite a few of them. Oh, wow. But I was, I, I took pictures and texted it to a marijuana person I know. And I was informed that those are the male plants and they do not, it's not smokable. And I was like, well, I, yeah. I, really, I really wasn't going to do that anyway. But I was just curious. So. <laughs> I think they call that ditch weed. Ditch, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but quite an aroma up there. Um. Yeah, and every year they're they're every year they survive the winter. So, said some hardy hardy guys. I guess they're literally a weed, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best hope you don't go over thirty four watts a square foot. Otherwise, you might have to deal with a law enforcement agency. Um, but luckily, Billings has a plan for that. Um, they are hoping to tap into some of those Corona stimulus funds to fight crime in Billings. Hmm. It seems like a great way to fight crime would be to put those funds into making sure people can eat. Yeah, eat and and programs. And according to Billings people, <laughs> the the city commission over there, they have seen an, what they call an epidemic. People like myself called this some time ago. That And granted, it's hard to say anything questioning the current line of what we're doing to combat corona without getting labeled as a crazy person but one of the comments i made early on is having a real lockdown and having people cooped up is going to lead to a mental health crisis of sorts and billing says that's exactly what they've seen for this uh a dramatic increase in violent crime um also random crime i'm not necessarily talking about domestic incidences but random acts of violence on the street and things um there there's been a few people who were but there was a shooting downtown Billings, and that was one of the reasons they looped back to cycle that they're looking to spend this money for that. And although we'll get more to crime matters in a second here, as there's crime things in Great Falls, but I just don't think that's a good use for corona relief funds. And if, you know, violent crime is the big of problem that they think it is, which, you know, they're probably right. Billings is sort of the Detroit or Chicago of 
of Montana, in my opinion. I live there. I can say that. But I've heard it is a little rough up there. Oh, they've cleaned it up a lot, but downtown Billings used to be intense. Um, outside of the rainbow, there'd be uh, um, prostitutes right on the street. Not that I'm saying that's a bad thing, which I'm not. Um, but <laughs> generally, with our current prohibition with that, they are, I wouldn't say a symptom, but they come with, not necessarily they're bringing it, but they come with other aspects of illegal things. So, yes, this is true. Yeah, downtown Billings was intense. People were getting stabbed left and right, just right in the middle of the street, and it was crazy. And I mentioned the Rainbow Bar, which is still open. They closed the other bars. They cut down the bushes so the homeless wouldn't have a place to sleep. That was their solution for crime. They Jeez. cut the, they cut the bushes. Man, yeah, I've I've heard there's some efforts towards gentrification going on down there. Um, but when I was up there a couple of weeks ago, go see Dune, which was great. Um, but uh, we did wander around that area, and man, I saw a lot of broken windows. It's like somebody just went out on the town busting windows. I, I don't know. Awfully bold. With lots of lots of windows, man. Or <laughs> a new window repair service is coming to town and needs to get right. their name out there. So suddenly there's someone offering to fix windows. <laughs> I don't know where they came from. Suddenly, I, you know, I just, yeah, I just happened to have a lot of work for Exactly. And no, downtown Billings, even though from 10 years ago, there's just such a huge difference to how much cleaner it is and how much less crime there is that's just out in the open. As like I said, there was uh, women on the street, there'd be people shooting up, uh, sitting on a potted plant and just weird things happening. They Meth hit Billings hard uh, as it has in a lot of those sort of eastern Montana towns. I think the Highlands having their sort of epidemic right now. No one will be spared. It's uh, it's everywhere. No one will be spared. Yeah, I'd say I've I feel like I've just heard more more and more over the years. Uh, it is increasing. In my- so they got better for a while, and now they're reverting back as population in- increases. I guess Corona stimulus <laughs> funds the best use, and they're sort of asking for an exception to use it for it because that's not what the funds were designated for. Um, I'm not yeah. sure that it is. I I think there's a lot of people. People want to see it go to what's going to do the most public good for for people, um, and the question would be, what is that exactly right now? And I think that's different than a lot of times, <laughs> definitely unprecedented times. Well, definitely, and I think you know, having using it for more police or using it for law enforcement or you know, surveillance campaigns, um, when you see an obvious problem like that, which is violent crime in Billings, and you think of a ready solution for that. I, I think people are quick to just dump funds into police or police forces when that might not be, that's treating the symptom, not the cause of whatever it is you're experiencing, which in this case exactly. is a violent crime. Um, but of course, selling mental health. A little bit more complicated question. Ties into the defund of the police thing. Right. Oh man, that's going to really take a few people off in that department. But, well, I'll take a moment to define what I mean. Missoula did this completely wrong and et cetera. So Mayor Engen came out. He's still the mayor, by the way. Um, he had a challenger, uh, Jacob Elder, who is a, uh, where is he? He's a refugee from Syria, I think. I can't recall. Um, but he had a uh, complex campaign. Um, he kind of, for some reason, just switched sides almost, it feels like. Now, granted, they weren't necessarily running as Democrat-Republican, although Mayor Engen is a Democrat, Clearly, but his challenger was not running as a Republican, but then it came very obvious that he was a Republican, which 
isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he went full uh, uh, Christy Nome Republicanism, I think. So, which surprised a lot of people because he went back in a lot of previous statements he had made in support of BLM, which of course is going to that's going to do very well in Missoula. Goes back on that and then starts calling him a hate group and just really toting that crazy right wing line, and he didn't win. But to few people's surprise, that 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 narrative didn't do well in Missoula. Who would have thought? Um, oh, I got sidetracked. Sounds like his principles didn't win either, did they? Uh, no, no, and he had some other election. <laughs> he had yeah, some personal just... complications, which and we'll just leave it at, at that, I guess. So just trying to get, get those votes any way you can. Right, uh, but you know, alienating the people that were supporting you to begin with. Uh, it usually to... isn't a good idea. I think we've seen that. To gain the support, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and doing that to get the support of the you know half dozen Republicans that live in Missoula turns out was not the best political move. I can't make everyone happy all the time. No, no, oh, you can make everybody unhappy though. Um, oh yeah, especially when you're trying to please everyone all the time. That's a really great recipe for that. Anyway, back to Engum because he was on the defund the police platform as about a year and a half ago when that was. Still a, a phrase getting tossed around. A- and he said that right after uh, midterm election time, he reverses it, and suddenly there's about, I think it was about $8 million more in the city budget. There was about $8 million more for the Missoula Police Department and no additional funding for anything else that increased. Now, when we say defund the police, we're not saying necessarily we don't need a police force. We're saying that the police shouldn't be the one tool for everything, that there should be other resources. Right. Uh, people that are having a mental health issue should... A police officer isn't... I think the best way to support the right. police is to have them work in their very specific role of you know, policing and not necessarily have them attempt to be a therapist, not necessarily have them be a, a, a medic. So even though all those currently fall under the responsibility of a police officer um, and there's no other resources for that and uh, the model where maybe if it's nine if the nine one center determines that you're having a mental health crisis that a cop with a gun is not the best tool for that that there's another resource for that and the places that have tried that have reported success of it i i haven't seen the downside um so we're not talking about taking money away from the police and not having them but also at the same time supporting other avenues which uh i think would be a trying to think a little bit more yeah, I, I agree. Which uh, brings me to my next thing. Speaking of crime, uh, your town has a task force that your uh, commission made to investigate all the crimes that were happening. Put it in the best light, Great Falls, I don't think, has a violent crime problem like Billings does. I, I think they have a petty crime problem. In my experience, I used to live there, so I've never been anywhere else where the rims got stolen off my truck, which I thought was wild. And just... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they left it on blocks. I was like, I, I've only seen this happen in a movie. Oh, yes, yes. this That was had to be frustrating. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, obviously, I couldn't drive anywhere, so it was pretty frustrating. <laughs> but uh, you know how expensive rims are. Stupid, petty stuff like that. They seem to think that the problem, that the task force has made their recommendation, and they seem to think they're going to solve all these petty crime problems with additional officers and additional sergeants. And... Uh, the note I put in here, when you're only tools a hammer, everything's a nail. So they couldn't think of what other community needs might be. 
Great Falls has some things going for it, and I and I appreciate what they're doing, like with the uh, the rescue mission. I, that's the only rescue mission. I think it's like 120 miles or so is the next one. There might be. And that is true. That is very true. Uh, for at least 60 miles, there's nothing like that. When you have that there and other people aren't pulling their weight, sort of the same thing happened with Missoula and refugees, where other places weren't pulling their weight. Missoula was the only place accepting refugees, the Afghan refugees, and then before Syrian refugees. Then uh, It's hard to keep track of all the different places refugees are coming from. Maybe more of a testament to American foreign policy, but we're Montana Voices podcast, so we'll save that one. But Missoula was the only place uh, accepting them, and that, that was great. But there's more places for uh, refugees other than Missoula, and I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't have them, to be clear. But when other people don't pull Doing away, things like that, I think the best success is when you can kind of evenly distribute people rather than have them kind of causing, causing stress on the infrastructure of one area. I think it always works better. Yep, exactly. Overburden one area. Although, um, I don't think it would be a good refugee experience to, like, go to Haver. <laughs> you well, ex- probably not. <laughs> you escaped but... <laughs> the Civil War and you ended up in Haver. <laughs> well, it's nice and peaceful. Um, you know, if you can stay out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kid, but that, that would probably be all right. And there's more opportunities in other places, certainly. Um, but... right. It would be awfully quiet, comparatively, I imagine. But it only takes, uh, fortunately... One bad apple. We uh, and and of course, when one refugee does anything, the anti-refugee camp, which in this case is our governor Greg the Body Gianforte, uh, jumps all over it and tries to halt all refugees from coming to Montana, even though Missoula clearly is doing their part here. I'm not you heard of that one. The, one of the Afghan refugees has been accused, hasn't been to trial yet, and we don't know all the details of a sexual assault. So. And that prompted, of course, the usual suspects to try to cast every single Afghan refugee in that light. So when obviously that's not the case and in any group, there's going to be evil. Right. I think everybody would appreciate not being painted with a broad brush, no matter who you are. Right. Exactly. But back to Great Falls and having the only rescue. I'm not sure if Helena has one. So they'd be 90 miles out if Helena has a a. Uh, a rescue mission or a homeless shelter of any sort. Um, I don't know if they do necessarily, but the last figure I heard was 120 miles, and I forget where they were claiming that was. Possibly Missoula, which does have some resources for that. But when you have that area... That's probably what they're referring to. Right. When you have that area, and then you have other towns, you know, Shelby, Haver, etc., that don't have resources. If you end up homeless in Shelby, there's and you need... No shelter, there's nowhere for you to go but Great Falls, which means Great Falls is sharing a larger portion of that load. And that's why I was saying it's petty crime, because people without resources are, are bound to take desperate measures at times. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, if, if you're seeing a lot of petty theft, that's definitely something places like the Mission are probably going to be able to help certain people with. Uh, and there's, you know, there's some resources for certain types, certain categories of people. You know, but if you don't fit into that category, you know, you might you might find yourself in a tough position and, you know, maybe somebody steals some food. You know, it gets rough. It gets rough. And, and it's really unfortunate that sometimes people are in a position where they're tempted to do that. 
I do think that the places like the mission do a lot. Of, uh, unfortunately, they are definitely under a lot of stress right now. I know that their clinic is currently closed due to COVID outbreaks, and they're having a little trouble keeping, you know, getting enough uh, volunteers to keep their clinic open. I know that they are stressed right now, probably more than they have been in a while. Fewer resources in general because of the power of 2020. And the all-powerful 2020, unfortunately. Uh, we're still not done with 2020, it feels like. I don't think we'll be for a while. But, um, well, it wasn't all the uh, Great Falls Crime Task Force recommending more police officers. They also recommend that the Great Falls Police Department be more involved in social media and that they need to update their Facebook more often, and that's going to solve a lot of our problems. I hope they're very cautious about how involved they get with social media and exactly what they're saying. Unfortunately, I've, I've, I've firsthand seen them perpetuating some rabid rumor mill type stuff. You gotta be, you gotta be selective about how you go. Well, I can't wait till they have a TikTok. I've found so. a little bit. Oh, please, not no. <laughs> It'll all be the yeah. the standard, you know, cop pros like they have a the lip sync, whatever. And I don't know. <laughs> it's not Great Falls Police Department, but uh, Jesse Slaughter from the uh, the sheriff's office. Um, he's a topic we'll have to cover at another time. He uh, was a Democrat, maybe. <laughs> Now a Republican, he got triggered so hard by one person in BLM that he he switched parties. But he'll go on Instagram Live periodically, and I have honestly no interest in you know the Cascade County Sheriff's Office. But being a guy who occasionally writes a podcast, I follow things to know what's going on in the community. And yeah. every single Instagram Live I've seen him do, I mean they're. It has the live chat, so you know who's asking questions, you know who's engaging, you know what people are saying. Like anybody can scroll back and see. And so he'll come on and do his, you know, awkward dance, and then, uh, like everybody does, <laughs> uh, oh, are we live? Let's let's wait for a few people to jump on. Every oh boy, <laughs> yeah, every oh, single are we live. live? <laughs> <laughs> Precious. But then he'll then he'll have these questions, and it's like, oh, we have questions from from live chat, and everybody can see live chat. Um, but then he'll uh, somebody will ask him a question that nobody is asked. Like you've done such a great job with the, oh. controlling the drug epidemic. You know what are your plans for the future on that? And it's oh. like, oh, Jesse, you're so attractive. How do you do it? Well, like canned questions <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's a little. He's taking no chances <laughs> with his appearance on social media. Well, you know you can't blame a guy for trying. Well, Yep, and honestly, he has a uh, a better live feed than KFBB most of the time. They're, the camera's on a tripod. You can actually hear him. So somehow he's done better than your guys' news. Uh, that's unsurprising, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's move on from Jesse Slaughter and the police, all police. You guys are doing something yes. with the stack area. Maybe. Oh, yes, I'm very happy to. Uh, well, I certainly hope it does happen. And that's another thing we've been hearing about. Uh, and we do know that there's quite a bit of need for some fixing up up there. Or some bad stuff on the dirt. Or anything. It seems like such a great area for anything. I mean, it's just been... Really? Nothing. Yeah. As long as it's, you know, made to be safe, you know, I mean, it doesn't look bad. I mean, it's not you know, like I'd... there's a stack there or anything, so there's nothing to fall over, so... <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> uh, it was... 
But couldn't they fence it off? I mean, was it the biggest concern if the thing fell over? I mean, they did nothing with this. What was it 1982? I, I don't remember, but it's been 30-some years since this the stack was taken down. Uh, yeah, it didn't bother to clean up after yourselves, I guess. Uh, no, completely unnecessary. No, not at all. No, no. Maybe somebody else will take care of that. Uh, isn't that the usual the industry? tax part there is most likely. <laughs> Every time, every time. And not on the list here, but ties into the bad actor law that uh, it'll be on the next cast. Ah, can't remember the details. Indian Tribe is suing Department of Quality because Montana has a bad actor law. Based on past experience, Montana has a law that if you are a company that has shown that you have uh, difficulties cleaning up your mining mess, that you will not be granted new mining leases in Montana, which... Makes perfect sense if you ask me. And this is over, I believe, I the, the Stillwater mine. Uh, apparently, the Department of Quality um, did not abide by that rule. So uh, now they'll see their day in court. I love it. Uh, it's, it warms my heart. You know, it really does. We don't want to end up with, like, another Butte, uh, I think. We have, Montana has seen a rash of companies. Yeah, and if we could just, like, stop overly exploiting certain areas... You know, certain areas, it would be really great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and back to Butte, because they paid a huge price for America's industrialization. They're, you know, I'd almost think, own a, a debt of some sort. Well, they're super fun sites, so they're kind of getting paid back. But there's more than just that, obviously, more than just monetary. But, I mean, the scars that are on the, you know, the, the richest hill are the price we paid to, one, win World War II, and two, to have lights and electricity in every home. So, and granted, a lot of things happened before we, we knew, and this sort of falls into a a larger discussion now, now we're talking about climate change and, and global warming, et cetera, where third world countries are striving for their opportunity to advance into industrialization like America did. Um, And they don't want us to slam the door shut on them either. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, renewable technologies are are not cheap, obviously. And, you know, you want to smelt iron? The cheapest way is to have a coal plant to do that. Um, And America did that. We did our industrialization and we did our damage to the earth. Granted, most of it before we knew the consequences um, or thought of the consequences. Um, I guess thought. I mean, there was a time. I can't imagine looking at, you know, an industrialized city with they used to say where there's smoke, there's work, and just having a, an ash black sky and think that was completely fine. But you know, maybe <laughs> they they thought the earth was too big. I don't I don't know what they essentially. It's economic growth, Jimmy. That's yeah, economic growth. It's it's important. <laughs> by, Prioritize your life. But by deciding that you know maybe people shouldn't burn oil, maybe we shouldn't burn coal, um, maybe you shouldn't have asbestos and things and other great advantages that America had before we knew better. Other countries that are just getting there won't have that opportunity and may be stuck in poverty forever. Yeah, it would be really nice if there was a better way. If really, man, it really would because you gotta you, you gotta empathize with those countries that are a little bit less developed. It really has got to be frustrating to, you know, be on the cusp of being able to compete with these great, you know, larger nations. And then it's like the kind of, you can understand how they'd sort of feel like somebody kicked the, the ladder out from under. 
Well, that's exactly what we're doing. And there's, you know, two different trains of thought. One are we pay reparations to these countries, and two being we let them have their time to do their thing. Um, they can be concerned about climate change later. Um, or, although that sort of hasn't worked out so well for us, I guess. We're, we're still no, not working really. on that later. <laughs> Seems like that <laughs> catches up sooner than later, actually. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like America's got this, you know, climate, just a car just bursting with unpaid climate parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're never going to pay them. So it's going to take a warrant, man. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to put a boot on Florida. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to do it. It is. It looks like a boot. That's where the, yeah, it looks like a foot. So that's where the boot goes. I imagine. Well, representation, we are getting a new U.S. Congress seat, uh, Montana is. We took one from California, I think, or there's a few states that lost uh, representatives, but we're getting one back for the first time in 30 years, and we've drawn up a map to what that looks like. And when I describe it to you, it's going to seem non-intuitive that Bozeman, Kalispell, and Missoula are in the same district, but, uh, mm. <laughs> yes, and it's like a little sliver on the west side, and it looks like it's zigzagged around Bozeman, so it could include Bozeman. The Great Falls, Billings, and all of the High Line, that includes Shelby, Haver, Glasgow, Malta, all, all those towns are on the eastern district. Um, but, according to our last census data, they are equal in population. Mm. Mm. Yeah, a little over half a million for each. Republicans wanted to split the state straight down the middle. I don't understand why they were advocating for that because huh. doing doing it straight down the middle puts Great Falls in with Yeah, that makes it even us. more unbalanced. Though. Yeah, cuz nobody lives on the eastern Montana. There's Billings and that's about it. But Yeah. <laughs> so Billings would have their own representative, assumedly a very Republican representative, and if you combine Bozeman and, and Great Falls, or excuse me, uh, Bozeman and Missoula into one, you're definitely going to have a left-leaning representative from that area. But that sort of seems like that's the way that's split. I mean, Missoula and Bozeman, uh, with all the rich people in Bozeman, the, Bozeman depends. I mean, they gave us the governor. They're often Republican, but they can swing left and, and sometimes do. Miz Missoula, definitely pretty left. So, Kalispell, they're the crazy conservative right. Kalispell's a whole different bag. Beautiful place, <laughs> though. <laughs> Beautiful place. But the stories you've heard Just of that area <laughs> are true. <laughs> Absolutely true. But, and so it seems like that, it seems like the map splits our representation pretty evenly where either district could flop blue or red, depending on the year. So, um, doesn't concrete anything in, I, I don't think. So, we'll... Or maybe that was the idea. Well, instead of Montana electing one Republican representative, which we've done in this last term, um, they will cancel each other out, which is the another concern I've heard. Because um, somebody's oh, yeah. voting red, and Montana has no U.S. Uh, Congress representation because we're some zero. Yeah, I I don't know enough about co congressional maps and exactly how how this how you would argue for it to be put together like it seems fair to me you know like in the sense that if those are similar in population but the way that it's divided it seems like that should be okay but then again you just don't know well it's uh sounds like that's what will be our map and and our representatives 
it's too early for me to even predict who might be Republican representative right now. The current Montana politics situation, I don't see that changing in the next couple of years. So we likely, we may end up with two red U.S. House representatives. But of course, there's a lot to see in the next, uh, I think it's about a year and a half till that election. So, well, let's get into our uh, our favorite topic here about uh, pastors and, uh, oh, geez, this is a big topic. That takes up like a whole page. Geez. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, a Clinton pastor is in the Pride Cross. Synopsis is a uh, church in Clinton, Montana, which is about a half hour east of Missoula on the highway towards, or the interstate towards Helena. So it's pretty much almost Missoula, but rural Missoula. They have a, a church there, and they teamed up with the Missoula Food Bank to provide meals for kids. And the meals for kids, they there's breakfast and and lunch, and it's super simple meals. There's like an encrustable, like peanut butter jelly, and sometimes like a ham and turkey sandwich. And I, my kids have had it. It's not great, but you know, sometimes we'd we do it. Conflict comes in. The food bank was putting a pride flyer inside of the sack lunches, which the church was distributing, and the church then decided, um, after asking the food bank about it. Um, decided that they weren't going to get along. Um, I don't know the exact details or, or what exactly they asked, but they decided to run the program themselves. So they stopped accepting all the food bank lunches and made their own lunch. This is according to their own statements. So the veracity or how often those lunches happened or what was in those lunches, I couldn't tell you. Because um, I'm, of course, learning about this after that. This is the summer program, so kids that are not in school who rely on school lunches can still be fed. I, I know that they just discontinued breakfast, so they were no longer offering breakfast, according to the church. I stalked their Facebook page for a while, which is how you get all the good bits. Um, they said that nobody was getting the breakfast, which, yeah, I, 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 that's probably true. I don't know. but One would argue that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It uh, gives you the start, but I... Yeah. I haven't had a breakfast in years, so I don't know. <laughs> I always eat my breakfast. Ah, well, you're an overachiever. <laughs> my breakfast is usually a coffee. That's <laughs> that's not good. You got to eat something with that, man. You're, you're right, and it's not good for uh, for health because... So too much caffeine on an empty stomach is kind of yeah, hmm. not the best feeling. Yeah, you're, you're right, but all right, back to our tale. They decided to run their Anyways. own lunch, and without the breakfast and like i say i can't vouch for how they did lunch or if they did it better or worse than the food bank lunches um but the food bank lunches are pretty spartan they're designed to feed hungry kids so it's it's not gourmet we'll we'll just say that but they're doing good work so we're not going to disparage them at all so right and we don't know the details because the food bank is not releasing a statement on this at all um about what they did i mean would it be possible just to pull out the flyer that apparently so offended them i i don't think they should but we'll get to that in a second so they they ran their own thing and all was well for a bit but the uh, pastor of the church is a realtor and therefore is obligated to be in part of the missoula association of realtors which is a part of the national realtor association and somebody lodged a complaint with the missoula association of realtors and therefore, the Missoula Association of Realtors has to investigate the complaint according to their rules on the subject. So they claim that it was hate speech, not just... Now, 
if they were just claiming that the act of deciding you don't want to distribute pride flyers and then making your own lunch for kids, um, I, I, I personally would think that's not, I mean, perhaps shitty, but uh, not. Yeah, that's, that doesn't, that, yeah, that would be a little bit borderline by my definition too. And you know how I feel about these things. <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to have some commonality here because we, we know each other, so <laughs> I know, but <laughs> yeah, that act in itself, it, I, I don't think it would be bad. I think that might just raise some questions. You're like, huh, they're, uh, yeah. They they so much didn't like the pride flyers that they're willing to buy the lunches themselves. I mean, I, right? And I will say, at first, I wasn't sure they were going to continue doing that. And good on them for continuing to provide lunches. But it sounds like we're losing out on breakfast now. And that's you know, you you're you know, people are not having breakfast, most important meal of the day. Exactly because you're too stubborn to uh, have a some kind of compromise about these uh, flyers, perhaps. Yeah, I, I don't know if a compromise was offered. I mean, could they distribute it without the pride flower fl- flyers or yeah, not have? It seems the pride. like that would be. Yeah, it, that seems like it could be a fair thing to, you know, request. And you know, you don't have to have a flyer. You can distribute the flyers in other places that people are more comfortable with them. I right. think that's okay. And um, I, I think, granted, that they're kind of targeting people in the church who might not, you know, I, I, I'm i sure that there could be someone who might need that flyer, but uh, chances are there are better places to distribute these flyers that aren't going to, you know, right. upset and, the apple cart, if you will. And I think the argument could be made that the kids' sack lunch is not the best place to, um, I don't even want to say promote, but, it, you know, have anything yeah. other than, hey, here's a sack lunch. Or... Yeah, I, I personally, uh, I, I keep my my love life and my lunches separate, and that's a personal decision, um, you know, <laughs> that everybody has to make for themselves. But I think when you're a kid, usually we should not mix those things. <laughs> I, I, at least not at lunchtime, you know. It's just inappropriate, you know, to be having that discussion over lunch anyway. And I would think so, but also on the on the flip side of that, I mean, good on like the sort of material that usually gets inside of there is other functions, like hey, we're having a book drive, and there's going to be free books here at the school or whatever. Or yeah, that makes a little bit more sense, you know. Um, or drug free yeah. flyers and like you know the normal stuff you'd find, just pretty innocuous stuff. Right. And I think that it's great that Missoula's at a point and. Everyone's at a point where that is, you know, celebrating Pride Month or at least recognizing it is the same amount of innocuous, just random stuff that that is acceptable. Uh, except maybe if you're in Clinton, it's it's not acceptable, I guess. Deeper, because according to the complaint, he actually made hateful comments where he used uh, inappropriate language to describe homosexuals, which he, of course, denies entirely and just seems like sort of a bickering because there's a hearing, the Missoula Association of Realtors has a hearing in uh, December at some point. I forget the date, but it's next month. So they're having a hearing to discuss what will happen, and I see how it would be anything other than nothing. Um, somebody made a complaint. They said you said some bad things. Did they provide screenshots or not? Seems simple enough to figure out. Um, and, you know, if he did do hate speech, then I think they're within their rights to kick him out and prevent him from advertising. Um, or they they can't kick him out, but they can find him and they can not advertise his properties, which effectively ends his career as a realtor. So, oh, well, I 
for his sake, I hope he didn't say those things, and I hope nobody has any recordings of him saying these things. Well, for his sake, that... but for everybody else's sake, if he said those things, he definitely. Uh, if he said actual uh, hate speech, that would be different than you know just throwing a fit over flyers, which is silly but not hateful per se. Right, and that is yet to come out. The hearing hasn't happened yet. Um, but before the hearing could even happen, the realtor is suing the Missoula Association of Realtors over their right to have said hearing. And uh, according to the argument that they're presenting, it's they, it's unconstitutional the way their their bylaws are written. I don't know how okay. that's going to play out because they're a private organization with their own rules and provided nothing violates you know state or federal law. I think it's whatever rules you agreed to when you decide to be a realtor. Sounds kind of messy. <laughs> yeah, very messy. Wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> because oh, good. To, this guy, to prove he is not a bigot, oh. is bringing an actual hate speech group to Clinton Church. And it's happening this oh, well, no, no. Wednesday. No, no. It is the, uh, the Gideon Knox group. And they are a group that promotes a very anti-gay, anti-anything-modern <laughs> sort of doctrine. Um Main leader is a pastor out of Sydney, Montana, and they also have a radio station that they run off of the, it's 12.30, I think it's off the Crow Reservation, um, which is weird with some of the statements they make. Like, uh, over Columbus Day, he uh, had a post that uh, wished everybody a happy Columbus Day, sincerely from the people that brought you electricity and, you know, whole list. And then, oh, my. And then he just very happy, at the end he put, sorry about the blankets. Are bad. Good lord, that is. Whew. Yeah, tone deaf. There's a lot of lot to unpack there, but they are an actual hate group. More recently, and this is from their own page, so I don't know Town Pump's stance on this. Um, they were 86 from all Town Pumps for a bit because during one of his events, he went over to the Helena Town Pump where there was a trans person who was the cashier, and he felt the need to tell that person that. Uh, they are a man. There's nothing they can do to stop being a man. And and so then someone else, like somebody else in line, basically chased them out of Town Pump. So good on that person. But then Town Pump finds out about it. And I completely support Town Pump in this. Not necessarily a fan of Town Pumps in general. They're, they're never clean. They're too many casinos. But in this one regard, they, uh, they hit it. They're like, yeah, we don't want you in any Town Pump. Which I think is well within their rights. I mean, isn't that what the... Oh, yeah. Right argues yeah. that businesses can choose to serve whomever. Yeah, that's the argument. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. that rule doesn't apply to all businesses and all people because they got their lawyer to actually bring a lawsuit against Town Pump. And unfortunately, Town Pump caved. Um, and he is allowed in Town Pumps except for that one specific Town Pump. He can't go back to that one in Helena. Mm. So Wow. I know. Disappointing. Yeah. Uh, when, when it's town pump, that's uh, wow, coming out looking so shiny. Yeah, next I, to you, you I, know you've <laughs> uh, you've done wrong. And it makes perfect sense. Businesses can choose to serve whomever they want, and if they don't want bigots in their gas stations, then I think that's completely reasonable. Um, yep, I think we determined this a few. You know, but this is a discussion that has been had so many times. So. Very litigious group. They're quick to help anybody sue. Essentially, because they think they're out here defending. It reminds me of uh, that movie with uh, John Goodman, Red State. John Goodman. 
Oh yes, well, that was that was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I thought so, but yeah, it reminded me this group is <laughs> also they run a a news they call it a news site. It's really a hate blog because they'll they'll have they do stuff like post pictures of a uh, uh, booty egg promoting like parental leave, and then they'll have a picture of him breastfeeding, like obviously Photoshop, yeah. just vile stuff like that. Oh, um, real. Real winners, stuff like that, yeah. Real winners, but more recently, during the last legislative session, there was a trans-native person who was, well, there was big concerns for trans people in this last legislative session, so they were at the legislature trying to uh, be an activist, and they had an article saying, who is the, uh, I forget the exact wordage, but it was something derogatory and vile, just in the headline. And then it goes on to dox the person, and then to... You know, docs them to the point of giving out an address. So that's how vile these people are. And then they got Ralph Graybill is uh, suing on behalf of the activist and the Montana Humans Right Network, I believe, or a few of the people on board with this, to sue them for defamation for the trans person, the activist. Um, but their lawyer is mounting an interesting defense um, saying that the person is trans so they can't defile their character any more than they already have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and the lawyer that, That's like rock bottom, man. Uh this guy's representing that Clinton pastor in his lawsuit against the uh, Missoula Association of Realtors. Same lawyer. Some somebody out there's you know, God is smiling upon this man is making him a rich. Good yeah. lord. Well, lawyers are, I mean, lawyers can... This guy knows his niche. <laughs> He's got a niche. There's certainly other areas of law that he can make money in, but... The... <laughs> He's, made a, He's made a choice. Yeah, his choice to represent these people <laughs> leads me to think um, that he is one of them, so... But I think I'm very questionable here. Oh, man. <laughs> so, but a update on the Gideon Knox and the Clinton thing. Last week when I was... I had heard about this and was sleuthing Facebook pages. The Clinton Church had an announcement that this group would be there this coming Wednesday. As of now, I can't find that announcement, so it looks like that has been removed. Um, no mention of it being canceled, and I was just going through my notes before we, we got on the mic, so obviously I haven't called them or anything since it was moments ago. But the uh, I did still find a mention of it on the Gideon Knox page about the event, so... Maybe they reconsidered, but the, I mean, it took all of, you know, 10 seconds to figure out exactly what this group is about and to figure out that I don't want to be associated with them and that a church shouldn't be associated with them. Yeah. So I'm not sure if there was outcry or the church itself maybe uh, decided or people in the church uh, raised objections. They decided to pull out on this. I... I don't know, but this was supposed to be a fundraiser. Um, they've got a... Oh, I'll have to... I didn't screenshot it. Mistakes. Rookie mistake. The, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. But there's a a performer, uh, some sort of Christian performer or whatever. I can't remember the name. And also a Montana senator was going to be there. A, uh, a state senator from one of our Senate districts. Was there? There's not 50 of them. There's 40-something. Um, and I forget which one. It was a woman. I remember that. But I, I didn't screenshot it because I didn't think it'd be necessary. Yep. Yep. Got to archive everything. Archive everything. Well, um, I think we have a uh, 
a bunch of content. But if you guys feel... Actually, I don't know. It seems like these guys thrive off of opposition. So if people come and say, hey, screw you, that really gets them going. It's like uh, when you shove, slam the door in Jehovah's Witness's face, like, ah, it's another notch in my belt in heaven or, or whatever. Strengthens their resolve. It makes him more powerful. So gotta be careful. as hard as this be, maybe no action is you know the right thing to do. If you ignore these things. I don't know. Yeah, like, remember how we would spend so much time ridiculing Trump and then he just kept on growing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like a tumor and it's <laughs> attention, you know, good or bad that, you know, causes it to grow. You got to starve it out. You got to ignore it. It's very tempting to, you know, want to be like, what the, what the hell? But yeah. And it's very, very hard. I don't know what the solution is, but I hope there is one. <laughs> uh, you know, when things get better and then, um, groups like, I, I can't say if groups like this are getting more emboldened or more, more powerful. I would like to think that they don't, but as the rest of us advance and become, you know, less Neanderthal, um, that these things sort of stand out more. I, I would prefer to believe that that is the truth. Um, that there is not more of this, but it's just more apparent recently. So I'm optimistic. Let's, let's try and look on the bright side. Well, let's, uh, we've got one last thing, but we are, oh, geez, this has been so much fun. I'm glad to have you back on. We are a bit over an hour here. My goodness. The time does fly. Well, let's uh, put this episode of Montana Voices podcast in the books, and I will edit in Bryce to, to read us the, the news, as we call it. And, and thank you for listening to Montana Voices podcast. Be sure to uh, find us on all of our platforms, including TikTok, where I will tell you the news that has happened. And that's it. This is our full editorial platform. But on TikTok, I only have three minutes to work with. So you get the news read as facts. And, and that's it. You're probably checking into this right now. You're listening on our website. It's going to be MontanaVoicesPodcast.com. We're going to keep it up as long as we possibly can. Uh should stay up forever i'm feeling even if uh, montana goes down she'll stay up uh email address if you want to be on the cast if you want to get at us for any reason uh, it's going to be montana voices at gmail.com our twitter page is at montana underscore voices facebook page is at montana voices podcast and you can find all of our uh previous casts on youtube by searching for montana voices podcast <laughs>